Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com IMTV and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash IMTB. Honestly, they're not that bad. Welcome to an episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Hey, everybody. So to follow the trend of last week, trying to bring up more TV shows, especially because... Westworld's coming out this weekend. Shoot. Whew. And I have been trying to get back into rewatching TV shows that have been missing. As I mean, you know, like we're, yeah. we're still I'm still like catch up on this or that or whatever. Um and especially <laughs> telling you that I refound Falling Skies again. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's that one show I completely fucking forgot. And I only got to like two seasons. And then I, it always bothered me of like, what was this show again? But anyways, continuing with that, uh, we recently saw I'm Not Okay With This. Yes. Right? That's what it's called? Yeah. And actually, <coughs> I, I, I saw it first by, somewhat by accident. I heard about it. I wasn't, I honestly didn't even know what it was about. Well, I heard about it a while ago. Well, not a while I, well, ago. Yeah, because I, I remember seeing like a quote unquote teaser with uh, the girl and the guy loser club yeah. people. Yeah, Sophia Lillis and um, yeah. God, I can never remember Jack the... Jack McWhite guy. Yeah, there you go. Um, <clears throat> no, but I remember seeing like a little clip of just like them talking and be like, oh, interesting. That was it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear what, what it was about. I didn't know anything about it. I just remember it. And then I saw that it came out and I was like, Oh, I'll I'll check that out, whatever. But, you know, I, I pretty much knew I wasn't going to. Just happened to, you know, sit here relaxed and going through Netflix and whatever. And it came up and I was like, you know what? Let me just watch a little bit of like the first episode. Or maybe the first episode. I'm waiting to get like a couple minutes into it because I'm like, you know what? Just let me watch part of it. If it's good, I'll come back. If yeah. not, I, I can wait. Because even that with The Witcher, I watched like a few episodes in. I'm like, it's good, but I, I, you know what? Just let me wait. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't finished it. I haven't even started that. <laughs> um, so that's what I thought. Then next thing you know it, the first episode's done. I'm like, that's it? Wait, what? And then I look and I'm like, oh, it's really short. You know, and I'll just watch the second episode. Next thing you know it. Seven episodes in, <laughs> it's done, and I'm like, "What the fuck? You're yeah. just gonna end it like that? Yeah. You can't just end it like well, that." Well, then when you text me and said like, "It's only seven episodes, and I should watch it," and then when I was like, "Well, like, like, does it leave like off on like?" And you're like, "I don't know, just watch it." <laughs> and then I watched it. Yeah, like it took me just like a night to watch because one thing that I was telling my sisters, I was like. Either this should have been leave it seven episodes, but make it each an hour long, or double the ep- they should have just doubled the episodes because it's criminally too long, too too short. Sorry, yeah. it's it's too. You like, could you could essentially watch this before you finish the Irishman. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, you're you're right. But yeah, you're you're totally right. I I I hope I really hope that they did that thing where they did the first season. And maybe they got, like, an okay to be like, hey, go ahead and just, you know, f- like, how people do, like, half seasons or, like. Yeah. Maybe that's something. So maybe we'll get, like, the second part th- later this year, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I don't this know. is, like, I a really, teaser I really season. want them to continue it because the characters are awesome. The, like, the way it's shot is amazing. Like, I love that you, it's not. Like it's set now, right? But like, the, I <laughs> but I love. But it's like that. It's like Napoleon Dynamite, where it's like, it could be set like at the time when it was made, but it also could be like the eighties or the early nineties. But this feels like it could be like the eighties or the nineties or two thousand. But they have like rel- like they have like phones, cell phones, and stuff, and it's like. So when is it set? But they just because they look like future. Oh, maybe maybe in the future we go back to the eighties again. Oh yeah. 
yeah, so obviously we'll get into spoilers. Um, I think this might be my favorite like origin story. Yes, because I love how I think you, uh, it was that in your text where you're like that it's very natural and like it builds natural. <laughs> yeah, because it's it technically it's fast because yeah. you're. You have to deal with this stuff within seven episodes, and the episodes aren't that long, so technically you are somewhat moving fast, but then not technically because there's like there's there was one second where I really thought maybe she didn't, and I was like, oh, we have to do that thing where it's like her brother or something, but then I think once they fully did like the uh, the grocery scene where she like oh does yeah the whole she thing, knocked I'm yeah. like okay it's, it's definitely her because for yeah. a minute I thought maybe it was like. Her brother or something. I don't. Know. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, but it goes into it like pretty natural, right? Like it kind of continue. Even even her character, where she was like, "Have this best friend and blah blah blah." And it's like because you're gay. Yeah. That's see. That's what I thought at first, and then but then she was like saying how she she just oh they were just their best friends, and then like the Stanley, and I was like. Okay, maybe she's not. I don't know, but that's just that's kind of like hardcore yeah. at the beginning, and then I was like, okay, maybe not. Then, but then later, it's like, because she's, it's like literally after they have sex, and she's like, oh, I wasn't really like into it, and I was like, <laughs> oh, because you're gay. <laughs> yeah, it goes back to, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much gay, which I was like, totally makes sense. Seems natural, right? She has these feelings that she doesn't really know, yeah, like about and how to feel. I like that because it's like. That's what real like kids go through, where they're like they're not sure like about this or that, and like they're like, oh, I don't know, like I really love my best friend, but she's a girl, and I'm a girl. Like two girls can't have sex, can they? Well, the thing I really liked about that too is they kind of give you a, like a little bit of insight on on her because she talks about like wanting to masturbate but she just doesn't. Yeah. Cuz it kind of it kind of insinuates that she's just not super into, you know, being sexual or anything yeah. like that, right? So, it would totally make sense that she has these feelings for her best friend that she just thinks that it's 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 a best friend I've never had. I've never had this, so this is technically all new to me. But what she doesn't know is there's a there's a gay part to that. Yeah. Which, what's like I said, makes sense because she doesn't understand, and then she starts to feel similar things with Stanley, but that's actual friendship. She's like, "Oh, this is this is like the yeah. exact same thing." Oh yeah, so that means that because I like what, what's her name, Dina, right? I think so. Um, that means that I like Stanley. Yeah, and then she's like, "Oh no, yeah." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. So, like, I like that, right? Like, they tell you all that without having to paint this huge picture for you. Yeah. And I think that's why I said it comes natural because when this stuff is happening, it feels very simple and easy and whatever. And it's slowly going and it's slowly going. And, like, I don't know. I I think everything about this played out so well because if it didn't feel like they were trying too hard Mm -mm. to make this, like, superhero thing or no this super teeny drama thing it felt real it felt like yeah of course everyone thinks of the stanley guy as being weird then you got to see more of him it's like oh he's just kind of a quirky guy like, yeah like he's, like he's gonna be a super weird nerd but he's like oh but he's yeah. also selling drugs yeah because i i see because there's so many tropes right and so many stereotypes because you have a, a picture in your head like oh this is how it's gonna go he's gonna turn out to be like a huge like comic book nerd and whatever whatever but then yeah you find out like oh like his dad's like never there and his mom left him and he doesn't really like care also but yeah like you said he's like a drug dealer but yeah just like how like the the characters feel real and yeah. i i just love how isn't it crazy how we've gotten to a point in, like, media where, like, at least in certain different places we can see, like, gay or lesbian characters and, like, like Stranger Things, like, Robin's character doesn't have to be, like, she doesn't have to look a certain way or act a certain way, like, for her, to, you know what I mean? Like, Sophia Lewis's character doesn't have, like, she didn't have to be, like, suit, like, yeah, she maybe dresses more modestly, I guess, 
and like more like um, jackets and stuff, but she doesn't have to be all like, oh yeah, like oh I got look at this butch haircut I got. And I think that's probably why it feels natural. It yeah. feels right. It feels like it's not pushing itself too hard to be one thing or another. Because for a moment in time, you're not really thinking too much just about her like powers or anything. It's kind of about her. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. Like the the powers are like secondary. Like it focuses a lot on on her like anxiety and 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 her problems like at home and you know what I mean mm. and just everything kind of getting to her and and whatever and obviously dealing with like her dad's death and stuff, which I like that they tie it in because I thought it was just gonna be some like random thing. Yeah, and then as a solely like unravels you think oh he's oh, he was a piece of shit because yeah. he was in the army that's why he was a bad guy and then you're like oh wait no oh that's no. <laughs> exactly you know what i mean like yeah it like flip just to flip back again like ah gotcha and, and another thing i like too is like coming of age stories always get away with like with their angsty characters is that the the main characters like are just being dicks like there's times where like a character like is just being a straight up dick and they're, they're like, Oh, you're supposed to like him because he's angsty. And it's like, no, like she at the end she acknowledges like, oh no, she's just been a dick to everybody. Yeah. Cause there is a there is a part where in her head, like you know how she has like the inner monologue. Yeah. She says something about her mom or whatever. And then it's like, yeah, dude, because she's like working super hard and you're just being like a teenager yeah. and you know what I mean? It, yeah. But then, like, yet yeah, you're right. It, it comes full circle because then she realized, like, the one person in her life, minus, you know, really minus her best friend, is her little brother that brings her all this joy and happiness. Like, yeah. she always wants him to be happy and, and healthy. And then because of the things that she did, you know, got him beat up or whatever. And, like, he hated her at that moment. And she was like, oh, yeah, maybe I'm, like, being a fucking horrible person. And even after, like, the whole, like, mom thing or whatever, right, when they figure all that stuff out, it's like, oh, she's starting to understand that, yeah, the world doesn't revolve around you. And yeah. without, like I said, without having it to be super dramatic yeah, super drawn out, it's like, oh, no, she's, it's how you imagine, <clears throat> how at least I imagine a lot of newer Gen Zers and whatever all <laughs> these days. How they kind of do grow up faster today more than ever. Yeah. So a lot of these people are starting to feel more feelings faster and understand, you know, um, at an earlier age, as opposed to where we were like giant man babies, you yeah. know, we were like 17 kids, you know, they have this thing called the internet and technology in their, 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 uh, back pockets where they could just see literally everything happening in this world. Yeah. And so of course that's going to bring people up differently these days. And I feel like maybe that's why yeah. it feels yeah. better here as opposed to some movie we saw 10 years ago. Yeah. One interesting little fact though, it does connect to uh end of the fucking world. It's set in the same universe and like the same time, like timeline wise. And I was like, that's pretty cool. See, I like that where it's like they can exist in the same universe, but they, I mean, we've touched on that before where like you can have two things like that exist, but they don't even have to cross over just to know that they exist in the same world. Um, Yeah. And then maybe it's because the, the, the creator, he said that he doesn't have a plan to cross them over like right now. But I mean, it, the world seems so organic in this series that it seems like it would fit with the the other one. Yeah, which that's weird because I actually didn't know they was the same person. The only reason why I said that is because of the way that it it feels mm. it feels exactly like that show. Yeah, it's the like inner monologues, the way it looks. It's they're both based on co- comics, I think, or graphic novels, and I think it's. And then it's directed by the same person, too. Yeah. So it's like everyone just came together again. Yeah, and then now I'm thinking about it, it's like, end of the fucking world, I'm not okay with this. Kind of like those, you know, yeah. somewhat similar titles. Yeah, that's weird. The, the only reason why I brought that up was because they're kind of short. And they kind of, like I said, they kind of feel the same, which is awesome. Cool. I'm smart. But 
yeah, see, like, you're right. That that actually makes it even better for me because I actually really like that show. And I know that a lot of people hated the second season, but I told you, the second season, to me, is better. I know. I, I already put it in my list because I'm like, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if you have some time to kill, mm. literally, like, if you're if you're like, I could watch a long movie right now. Or watch. I could watch I'm Not Okay With This. I'd say just watch it. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's entertaining. It has a storyline that somewhat pays off in the end. Yeah. But it leaves you with the cliffhanger where you're like, I have to see what happens next. Yeah, I want more. It's great. has the two kids from It in it. Yeah. So you know it's going to be good. Um, I will say that standing in here is a lot cooler than in It. Yeah. So you get that, mm. but Beverly's still a bitch. I'm yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely go watch this back super fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Watch right now. This is the fucking news. Taika and the Chocolate Factory. The Academy Award-winning director Taika Waititi has signed a deal with Netflix to write, direct, and produce two animated series based on the works of children's author Roald Dahl. YTD's collaboration with Netflix will be based on the world and characters of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's the the first one. And the second series will be a wholly original take on the Oompa Loompas. Netflix said the animated series um, would retain the quintessential spirit and tone of the original story while building out the world and characters for beyond the pages of Dahl's book. Uh, for the very first time. Um, Netflix said that the collaboration would mark the beginning of an extensive partnership with the Roald Doll Story Company to reimagine, like, Matilda and the BFG and the Twits. There's something undeniably Wonka-esque about Taika's creative flair and sense of humor. We cannot think of anyone more perfectly suited to leading the creative charge on these first of their kind featuring quality Netflix shows. Um, I think it'd be pretty good because especially like they said, like Taika Waititi has like a certain kind of like Wonka uh, like about it. You know what I mean? Like he, like a, a Gene Wilde, you know, kids. huh? Abuses kids. No, that's no, that's Michael Jackson you're thinking of. No, um, like a like a Gene Wilder, you know what I mean? Like a Gene Wilder kind of comedy about him, where he's like, but I think it's it's different enough where this would be something completely different to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're right. I I, I think that. I mean, obviously now we're we're in the age of streaming, so you're getting these. I mean as much as we make fun of him, Steven Spielberg type of directors to yeah. go to streaming services. And it's like, it feels kind of weird because at one point in time, being on a streaming service felt like a straight to DVD. I'm not saying that it was horrible, but it was kind of seen lesser than. I think, I think people saw it as, remember how TV used to be seen? Remember TV, everyone was like, ew, you're going to TV now? Yeah, like it, it was an upgrade when you did your first movie. Yeah. You did movies now, and you oh, you only you only went back to TV for like specialty. Yeah, and then now it like flipped where like TV's where you go now. Yeah. And I and yeah, like um I think I think over the past few years, yeah, like it's been evolving where like creators can go to um these streaming services. Like um Ava DuVernay or Ryan Murphy, they've been going to, they went to Netflix and or um, John Favreau. Now uh, he did, he did the Mandalorian, and yeah, you're right. Like these A-listers are like coming in and like we're getting good quality stuff everywhere now. Yeah, and it's it's honestly I think it's super cool, especially because I I've always been intrigued by streaming services because of the fact that yeah. they can do stuff like that. They can get. If we ever made a movie that got onto Netflix, sure, it may not be a big hit, but who knows? Some kid out there on the other side of the world could have seen it and be like, oh, yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. It's super cool. Yeah. Right? As opposed to back in the day when we heard these things, it was like, it was almost like 
like a secret club you have to get in. Where, mm. Did you hear about this movie? Uh, oh, but you, didn't, you didn't hear about I mean, we talk about it all the time, but Paranormal Activity. Yeah. That was started so small where people are like, oh, you hear about this movie? Oh, so cool. We, oh, yeah, you got to vote for it. To we get. literally had to go out of town to see it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that like grassroots thing doesn't exist anymore, but it's just stuff like this is helping out. And when you're getting these these big time directors and actors to move to these places, I think it helps everyone out in this, especially now where people talk about, oh, well, you know, DVDs don't sell and, oh, you know, you guys are ruining the movie industry. And it's like, I think the fact that more people can create this stuff and keep putting it out there, I think that actually helping the movie industry, I could be wrong. Wow. But we said prior to that, Taika Waititi doing stuff like this. Uh, what was he doing again um, for Showtime? And then, you know, he has the, uh, what we do in the shadows. Uh, you know, he could be just, yeah. he could just do whatever he wants and only do movies from now on. And, oh, the studios are going to have to pay me, you know, millions of dollars to do this movie. But instead he's like, no, you know, this is one. Or even like Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele's like, yeah, I'm going to do fucking Twilight Zone. Yeah. So what? Well, also, and then it's also crazy because he's like, he's a live action director going to do animation too. Like, I feel like that's like a crazy leap for him. Like, and I mean, it's, I'm not saying like, oh, like that's bad or anything. I'm just saying like, it's just, it's different to see like, because you hardly see that where like people go from, um, like live action to animation, like you usually see like the reverse, where because they they've done these things with animation, it's like oh, it's probably easier doing with real people. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, we'll have to see like what said, comes out it's of been it. Been on a roll. Yeah. Also, um, now, <laughs> Batman versus Thor. Did you ever think about that? In an interview with Entertainment Tonight, actress Tessa Thompson confirmed that Christian Bale will play um, the villain in Thor Love and Thunder. It's been floating around um, that Bale was joining the fourth Thor film, and it was reported last month that Bale would be playing the an intergalactic villain. Thompson's comment, however, marks the first confirmation from a member of the cast that Bale does indeed play the, um, the villain. It had been speculated that Bale might play an ally, um, like Beta Ray Bill or Balder the Brave, or a newer villain in the comics like Dario, Agar, or Gore the God Butcher. While there's no confirmation as to who Bale will play, we can likely rule out Balder the Brave or Beta Ray Bill unless Marvel sees Bale's character as sticking around in, in the MCU for some time. Although Beta Ray Bill is... Thor's ally, he started off as his like as an adversary, um, but I think most people are speculating that he's going to play Gore, the God Butcher. Uh, for those who don't know the character, Gore is a non-humanoid alien who has made it his mission to kill all of the universe's gods after his faith was shattered following the death of his wife and children, which would be a pretty interesting like um, story. Love and Thunder is set to draw inspiration from Jason and Aaron uh, Russell Donnerman's comic run on the Mighty Thor in which Jane Foster inherits the powers of Thor and is able to wield the legendary hammer Milnor with Valkyrie anointed the new leader of uh, Diasporic Asgard and Thor somewhat adrift after the events of um, Endgame, which they also did confirm that I think Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be in this one. I mean, this is pretty much what we wanted from all this, anyways. Yeah, um, you're right. We've heard of, we kind of heard about it for a while, but it, it was one of those speculations. Was like, of course he's going to be in it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I it's it's hard to say how I really feel about this because it's like, of course I'm excited. Yeah, I've I've said this many a times before, but. When, before Thor Ragnarok came out, I was like, hey guys, Thor's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, first movie's really good. Second movie is different, but it's not that bad. No. It's actually kind of cool because you get to see more, you know, outside I just don't, of... I don't understand Earth. the hate for it. But, obviously, I'm excited for it. And when you're telling me that these other things could be possibility 
might be a possibility are going to be. It's like just give it to me already, then. Yeah, and I just like why are you waiting? Never. Yeah, but I'm I'm stoked. Um, hearing X name join MCU, it's like oh yeah, yeah. of course. It's always like awesome, especially because it's like Christian Bale was Batman for so long, right? And it's awesome that now they're taking it away from DC. <laughs> It's like, see, you could have had something good, but you chose not to. I mean, look at you lost the actor. But I will say, even through all this, I I, I think we talked about this last time. I can't remember. But I do hope that they still stick with this idea of getting new actors for certain roles. Yeah. Uh, As much as it's cool to see a Christian Bale and, you know, X whatever or um, Angelina Jolie and blah, blah, blah. It's kind of nice to see, like, Someone oh, here's a random face I've never seen before playing yeah. like this like semi familiar character and it's like, oh I've never I never experienced that or Or maybe even like someone that has been around but like you wouldn't think that they would like the way that they did with Paul Rudd. He's been around and like he's he's really like he's a he does a really good actor, but like when you think of him like when you like next to like Christian Bale not Christian Bale, Chris Evans and like Chris Hemsworth and the other Chris's <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, no, what? He's just kind of funny, and then he's like actually doing something. You're like, oh yeah, you know what? I like oh, this. Yeah. I like this. So, that's really my takeaway of this. Is as cool as it is to get big A list celebrity. It, like I said, it would be cool to see some, you know, B or C list person that's, you know, been working hard or whatever yeah. to come in and they're part of the X Men or something, and it's yeah, like, tight. That'd be pretty cool. Are you ready for Blumhouse's Dracula? So, The Invisible Man has made more than $100 million at the global box office in just two weekends, which <laughs> might have its co-producer, Blumhouse, feeling a little bullish. According to The Hollywood Reporter, um, Jennifer's Body and The Invitation Director, Karen Kus- Kusama, will helm an update of the monster that launched them all for the Universal... So many for Universal so many decades ago, Dracula. Since the characters in the public domain now, it's not necessary that the mini major partner with Universal to make the new film. Um, but they do have a very successful, long withstand, long standing distribution partnership with Blumhouse's higher priority releases. Sources say um, that Kusama's Empire Tale would be set in modern times, like The Invisible Man. And that Matt Manfredi and Kusama's husband, Phil Hay, are writing the screenplay. Um, at the same time, other monster movies are in the work as part of the modified Dark Universe relaunch, which include Paul Feig's Dark Army, Matt Stawiski's Monster Mash musical. I didn't know. I knew they were doing Monster Mash. I didn't know it was going to be a musical. Dexter Fletcher's Renfield. Elizabeth Banks' is The Invisible Woman, and a James Wan-produced Frankenstein movie. I mean, I it's can't. our fault that we brought it I, up. I know. <laughs> and it's our fault that we said, why not? <laughs> and it just shows you that yeah. sometimes when you give so much to the universe, the, the universe, universe can't take it. It gives and, it back to you. you know, and, and runs away with it. And then this is what you get. It's like what you said where you're like, wait, J- Jason Blum is a success? And you're just breaking down like all the like budgets to like um, like box office. And I'm, it's just like, yeah, like the universe is like, see, he's a real producer. He, he knows how money works at least. He, he essentially did what uh, A24 did with yeah. good films. Yeah. <laughs> because like you were telling me what um fantasy island actually wasn't a bomb right i mean yeah. it was it was a critical bomb but it wasn't a it commercial i think it made like three times its money back yeah and it's like wait wh- i feel like i feel like they yeah like they made all this money from like get out us and like happy that they and what didn't they do halloween also halloween. and then they're like okay now yeah, we can well, actually go sharing them activities fault. Well, yeah, we can actually go shoot like in a tropical island, like for like a small portion of like three days, 
and then they did it, and then they're like, well, we can just, like, shoot on set like the rest of it. But, I mean, why not? Yeah, exactly. I think they might not go as hard as sci-fi as, you know. I don't know. I could, I could see them doing, like, it's Dracula, but 2020. Dracula 2020. <laughs> God damn it. It's just... I, it's, <laughs> Well, because how Invisible Man worked out mm. was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like if they're a curveball at you? Yeah, but it all made sense, and yeah. it's like, yeah, cool. Then you think about everything else, and it's like, but that's, like, magical. Okay, but can't you wait till the third film in the series, or fourth, whatever, where it's a Monster Mash musical? They did the mash. <laughs> They did the monster mash. I, we might regret this. Yeah. But from what we learned so far is that Universal couldn't do it. That's true. And they were just throwing money at it and constantly trying to rework it and trying to get this and that and everything. And it never seemed to work out. Blumhouse got tied to a really good success and. Now we're going to see if it, they can continue. You mean the Oscar award-winning Blumhouse? I mean, I will say that we talked about Happy Death Day. The first one was like a surprise hit. But the, the second, second one, was good. Yeah, second one was good. But I think a lot of people were like, oh, it's not exactly like the first one. So that's them already trying to continue the storyline. And I'm not saying they dropped the ball, but I'm saying like you could tell that they were just like, I don't know, see if it works. So it's going to be interesting to see now that not only are they going to do these other stories, but they're going to tie them in as well. Yeah, because um, I think Paul Paul Feig's I, Dark Army kind of sounds interesting. It's like it's supposed to have like all the Universal monsters plus like new monsters. They said, and that's all everyone knows. And oh, then even yeah. the James Wan produced frankenstein it's like no one knows anything about that yet it's like i could i could already see it honestly though boom house is like you know what we believe in this i can't believe we're gonna do this but here's 15 million dollars for your budget i know it's a lot but you do what you gotta do if that's what you want you know what let's just wait and see what happens yeah. That's all. That's oh, literally all we have. I think. To do. I think we have to take them. We have to take Blumhouse serious now, huh? No, we gotta wait. <laughs> right now, it's it's. I would say is this is more of a golden era for him. Yeah. So because it could it could it could easily tip over. Yeah, right. This this could be the reason why they fell. All right. I mean, look at how much it plagued Universal. That's true. So maybe it's a curse. The mommy's curse. Police issued an Amber Alert for an eight-year-old boy. He was abducted from his home near El Dorado, Texas. It's time. You ready? Yeah. Okay. What do you know about Alton Meyer? I wouldn't know where to start. He would have fits. Things would break. It was like a feeling. Kind of feeling. We need to know where he is. You all have no clue what you're dealing with, do Thinks you're their savior. Dad, it's okay.
Midnight Special is a 2016 American science fiction film written and directed by Jeff Nichols. In a motel, Roy Tomlin, played by Michael Shannon, and a childhood friend, Texas State Trooper Lucas, played by Joel Edgerton, watch an Amber Alert for an eight-year-old Alton Meyer, played by Jaden Martell, and his reported abductor Roy. At The Ranch, a religious cult in rural Texas, Pastor Calvin Meyer, played by Sam Shepard, dispatches two of his parishioners to retrieve Alton. He then faces his congregation as the FBI storms their church. NSA communications analyst Paul Sevier, played by Adam Driver, asks Calvin how numbers sent via encoded satellite transmissions made their way into his sermons. Calvin explains that Alton speaks in tongues and gives the numbers to Calvin. As Alton's powers grew, his mother Sarah abandoned him, and the members of the ranch have been raising him, with Pastor Meyer as his adoptive father, although Roy is Alton's biological father. Interviews with the ranch members reveal that Alton's presence at the ranch is considered necessary for them to be saved from an upcoming apocalypse. After a violent confrontation with the policemen, Roy and Lucas seek cover at the home of Alden, a former ranch member. During the night, an earthquake seems to wake Roy and Lucas. When they break down the door to Alden's room, they find him linked to Alden by blinding beams of light directly from his eyes into Alden's. Roy knocks out Alden and covers up Alton, who can only move about at night as he displays destructive supernatural powers when exposed to direct sunlight. They take Alden's van and continue on toward a location that Alton specified. The trackers from the ranch show up at Alden's house and extract the information while the FBI is desperately trying to figure out where the trio are headed. When they stop at a gas station, Elton seems to destroy a satellite, creating a ray of debris crashing down on them. They drive to Sarah Tomlin's house, and she is overjoyed to be reunited with her son. Lucas, who was estranged from Roy after he joined the ranch, explains to Sarah that seeing Elton's power convinced him that he must help his old friend Roy, no matter the cost. After they watch the news together, Alton explains that he caused the satellite to crash because the police were using it to track him. As the fugitives, now including Sarah, continue their trek, Alton appears to be growing sick and weak. They are convinced that Alton must be taken to the location of the coordinates he has received telepathically or die trying. Alton convinces Roy to let him see the daylight for the first time. After witnessing his first sunrise, Alton's eyes begin to glow and an enormous dome of light surrounds the duo. They reunite with Lucas and Sarah, and Alton is healthy. He explains that seeing the sun helped him realize his true identity. He explains that there is a world built on top of this one, and that he belongs to it. Roy confirms that he briefly saw this hidden world inside the dome of light. When they leave the hotel room, they are ambushed by Calvin's trackers from the ranch, who abduct Alton, but are soon captured by the police. The boy is taken to a government facility where he insists that he will only talk to Sevier. After Sevier experiences Alton's powers, he helps reunite him with his parents. Having deduced their destination from Calvin's sermons, Sevier warns the fugitives that there is a five-mile security perimeter around the location. Sevier asks to join the group, but Roy says no. Roy barrels through a roadblock, driving inside the perimeter as the army scrambles to chase them. They swerve into a side road, and Alton and Sarah exit the car, unseen by the soldiers, and run into the woods. Roy and Lucas lead the army on a wild goose chase, while Alton and Sarah reach the edge of a swamp. There, Alton creates a gigantic dome of light that engulfs much of Florida and the surrounding states. Everyone inside it can see the futuristic structures of a parallel world. Eventually, other beings of this world gather around Alton, and the entire dome disappears, taking Alton with it. Roy and Lucas are arrested. Lucas is interviewed by the FBI. He tells them the story, but they are dissatisfied. Sevier then enters the interrogation room to interview him, but Lucas does not betray any sign that he knows who Sevier is. Sarah cuts off her cult traditionalist long hair braid at a local gas station and prepares to go underground. Roy, incarcerated and wearing electronic device, watches the sunrise as his eyes glow faintly. Midnight Special 
not aliens. Mm-hmm. Just tell me what you think about it, Dom. Okay. Um, I remember hearing about this movie a while ago when it first came out. <clears throat> and I wanted to see it. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll see it. I just never got around to seeing it. And then we couldn't decide on anything. And then um, you, said, you, you sent me that huge list, right? And I was like, all right, you know what? I actually, I've been wanting to see Midnight Special. I hear it's good. And so then I watched it, right? And at first I was like, okay, this is a, a little, it's a little boring. But then, like, I did that thing where in, like, the first couple minutes I'm, like, on my phone because it's kind of boring. But then I look up and, like, the FBI are storming the ranch. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I had to, like, rewind it. And I, I, I First, in like the span of what, like five? No, not even like five minutes. Like a couple minutes. Like they go from like watching the the news to being stormed by the FBI. I was like, holy shit! So it really caught my attention like that afterwards. I was like, okay, well, I can't, I can't wander off from this. Um, but yeah, like this this movie, when you get you get to the end and you're like, whoa! I like that they they didn't do this whole thing where like. Is he telling the truth? Like, it works in certain things. I like that in this, though. They didn't go with the, well, maybe he's crazy. Or maybe he's making it up. Or maybe it's God. And it's like, that would have been dumb if it was like, oh, he talks to angels and God's real. And hey, everybody, be Christian. Um, But I do like that, like, he has these powers. You get to see the powers early on. And then, like, you're, you're, you're questioning all this stuff, but, like, it, like, unravels itself in such an easy, like, awesome way. Like, it doesn't tell you everything up at front, and you're, you're still questioning things, like, later, but it's still giving you the information as it goes. And you're like, interesting. Now, tell me more about these aliens, did you say? And then they're like, yeah, they're not aliens. It's like, hmm. Yeah, and I, and I, I like that, too. I, I, the, I don't know. I like the, the movie. I thought... Some parts were a little bit slow, but overall, like the the story itself was pretty good. I like I loved I loved it. Like the the one kid, um, it's so weird because he went from using his like actual like his like his father's last name to using his mother's last name. So it's like, uh, J now Jason just Justin, the kid, the the kid Martel, but he he used to go by Jaden. Lebron or something. I don't know. Anyways, I was like, isn't that the kid from it? Like he plays Bill, right? I was like, why is he? If this came out in 2016, why is he so young? Then I realized, like, oh, it was shot like three years before. <laughs> but no, it it was good. I love, I love. I mean, we love sci-fi. I love this this idea that there's like a a beyond man, a be like like this like these like beings that are act that are here they're just like ev- more evolved than us and i love the idea of like at the end with the, the dad like having like the glowing eyes because it's like well, what the hell does that mean yeah um speaking of which i quickly just try to see if anyone was talking about this movie i know we're a couple years late um <laughs> yeah i know we're we're like late um but I actually did see this movie like two years ago. Oh, really? Hmm. I remember liking it. Um, But I do think that I was like kind of in and out because I'm watching. I'm like, I don't remember this. I remember that. No, but it was just, you know, a movie I saw. I liked it. It was like awesome. Exactly. Cool. But then when you told me to watch it again, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll pay more attention. And... I think my second time around, I really appreciate it more so than the first time. I liked it the first time, but I think it was like it was like one of those movies you see and you're like, yeah, I like that movie. It's a good movie. But then, you know, you kind of kind of forget it, whatever. Yeah. The second time, like getting to sit down, knowing that some of the stuff happens, you know, paying attention a little bit more. Um, I think it played through for me at least better the second time. But every once in a while, you know, I'll try to see if anyone else feels the same that we feel. So looked it up real quick, found this pretty short video. It's a guy and a girl talking about this movie. And they're like, yeah, it looks really great. You know, the acting's really great. But it's not a good movie. What? 
because they didn't do the stuff that they could have done. But what, what does he mean? That so they... basically, they had to say they had this conversation going of what makes a movie enjoyable. Do you have to have everything answered to you? Can you have nothing answered to you? And then he brought up uh, under the skin, where he was talking about under skin kind of gives you this blank canvas of what's going on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of it, you can you know you can say whatever you want about the film. His problem with this movie is that they had these little strains here and there that we didn't find all this stuff. It didn't it didn't focus all on the kid and his son or the wife and the the father or the church or the the government or any of this stuff. They only had little pieces of it. And at the end it's just like, oh, it's over. And and so it's not good. But that's not what this movie was about. The movie was about this essentially you could look at it as like a road trip movie. Yeah. Like it's about the journey and that to get away from like you didn't need to see the church. Like you know that they're you literally if you've seen anything based on like um what what is like Mormons and like what's what was Warren Jaffs and um Mormons and <laughs> David Koresh and what were they the in Waco? Oh, uh the Branch Davidians. Yes. You you understand what they're going for. Yeah. Like I will say that they basically tell you this is what this movie is going to be about when they explain um Joe Egerton's character. Yeah. As he's just a friend. They mm-hmm. don't tell you why he decided that his friend he hadn't seen in forever is going to help him. He didn't tell you like why through the whole movie he's just doing exactly what he's saying cuz even there's a part of it where he like kind of understand but didn't understand. Yeah. It was just there. And that kind of sets a precedent of like this is what this movie is about. You you don't need to know how long uh, the the FBI and the government have been you know, looking for this kid. Um, the, you can tell that they have been searching, yeah. obviously by the fact that they're the ones who who uh, who got the word out that the kid was missing. Yeah, he even says like, "Did you get? Did you do this?" Yeah, like, the, the, no, the ran- they, they're us. like, "Did the ranch do this?" It's like, no, the government did. And then the government was but, like, right there. See, that goes to the heart of like what we've always said with like movies like. Prometheus, or movies like, um, what's another movie where they, they always want explanations? Or like Rise of Skywalker, right? They constantly want these explanations. And then somebody gives you an explanation for something, and you're like, oh, I didn't like that. But this movie doesn't give you the explanations, and you're still like, well, oh, I need my handheld for this. It's like, why? It gives you enough to fill in the... It gives you enough of a story that it's, a, that it's the story, but you don't need, like... Did you do you need to know Adam Driver's whole backstory and why he's looking into all this? Do we need Kirsten Dunst's whole like why oh why did they break up and why did this and that? Why like we need all that? Yeah, and I, I think that that part was kind of stupid because it's like you just said some movies can give you all of this stuff and explain every single thing. And other movies don't have to. But I think that this movie did that because it showed you that it wasn't going to follow these threads all the way through. But the very end, I got something I didn't think I was going to get. Yeah. Like an actual fucking incident happening. Yeah. I thought it was going to be one of those things where kind of like in the, what was that movie? UFO. Uh, at the end of that movie, it's not like this huge thing, right? It just kind of happened, whatever. I thought it was going to be something like that where... You see this flight, and then, you know, he's gone, or something happens. But they're like, nope, we're going to... And then not only did they show that it, like, was there, but then they cut around to other places around the... Yeah, yeah, around this, like, dome, and everyone's seeing it. It was a huge incident. And that kind of showed you, like, hey, you know how, like, we've been saying, like, this was going to happen, or we kind of teased this, or there's a little bit of this... It doesn't matter. This matters. This idea matters. This yeah. this huge thing, literally under your nose, matters. But you're too focused on. Yeah, but like, what happened between them? Like, when did she leave? Like, why why did she leave? But but like the mom. What happened to the mom? Did they kill the mom? Just kidnap the mom? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, who cares? It like, the movie basically said like, 
Yeah, no, you're reading too much into it. It's, yeah. it's it's all about this. This is what it's about. They literally give you a grand view of what it's about at the end when all these people are looking at this thing like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just, oh, the military people around here and the dad. and You know what I mean? It's literally everyone around this dome, this 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 area, they're grocery stores and these houses and the skyscrapers it's like everyone's seeing this huge thing yeah and it's like that's what it's about that's what we're focused on and one thing too that i like is that the end it's um it's a, a realistic end where like i think attack the block does that where even though they're hero like they were heroes and attack the block they still get arrested like, because she called the cops on them. Like, remember earlier in the film, she did that. It's like, yeah, like, they were going against the U.S. government. Of course, they're going to be arrested. And she's still on the run. Like, it's realistic. Like, yeah. that's really what would happen if we found out that there Well, there are, there are light beings that constantly observe us yeah. that live a, a one step above our consciousness. And, and that's what's really cool, too, is that they like they said with other movies, they take these ideas that yeah maybe you know fic, uh, science fiction or you know may have these crazy fanatics thinking everything's aliens whatever, but they talked about ley lines yeah they, you know they had this idea of you're right of like different dimensions on top of ours that we can't really see but some people believe that are there you know um, and that was cool because seeing that manifest is exactly what you would imagine some of these people see when they say, oh, they were driving down the street and all of a sudden, like, this this rip in time and space or whatever opened up and then they see, like, this old, you know, colonial building here yeah. that there's nothing. Or or some people have said that they've passed through and it's like a, like a futuristic world. And here it's like, see, everything is Tomorrowland. And, that's what i thought too yeah, yeah. Like, oh, but like on. but looking at that like looking how grand it is it's like that's so fucking cool just the idea of it being cool and the funniest part about all of that is the end just tells you like yeah so we're not gonna give you anything because you're right you're watching this thing and you're like oh yeah okay so he's this thing and then the very end you kind of forget like yeah, but he physically came here between his mom and dad. Then his dad kind of has the twinkle. So what does that say about his dad? I was watching a video where they were saying that that is probably like a recessive gene or something in the dad and like humans. But for but it but it was active in the in the sun, and that's why um, he had it. And like he his eyes can glow, but they that's it. Like he doesn't have more powers beyond that. Yeah. Which which is true, I can see that. And that makes sense because they said that they've been always watching. So maybe they look for these anomalies that they're like, hey, there's this person and that they're dealing with this stuff. They can't be there. They have to be with us. And not only that, but then it also goes to like, yeah, like, of course the government would keep him and want to experiment on him because he if he has this gene, it's like where does the gene come from? Why why do they why do people have it? Like how can we Illuminati. Yep. And that's why they're the Oh, the illuminated ones, right? See? Or something. Um, but Figured going back out. to when you said UFO. Oh no, yeah, that's what the movie was called, right? The that's what I was thinking too the whole time. I was like, this kind of reminds me of UFO a little bit. Yeah. Cause it's it's not suit well. This one is a little bit more action-packed than that one. Yeah. But um, it's not super crazy. They're not getting... You're not like... You're not having Joe Egerton's character, like, trying to figure out what's going on. Like, I need to see this, whatever, right? And and the weirdest thing of all in this whole movie, the, the one thing that threw me off and I was like, that's not believable, is that Michael Shannon plays a good guy? I mean, he was kind of on edge. That's true. And then even at the end when he's like smiling that he's happy, it's like, no, that looks like a serial killer right there. Yeah. Honestly, if you if you love if you love sci-fi. Yes. Then you'll probably be intrigued by this movie because the ending pays off. Like as much as you can complain about like, yeah, but they didn't they didn't so up the whole fact that, you know, the son loves the dad or whatever, blah blah blah. 
Whatever. But we didn't if really that know. if that bothers you that he didn't sit down and have a ten minute conversation on why he loves him so much, and that's on you. But if you could just take it for what it is, how 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 the movie is, and and you watch this in the end, trust me, you'll love it because that image, that's what I love to see. So definitely go see it if you want. Good film, back super hard. Yeah. To Michael Shannon's up. Oh man, that's so angry. When pandemic meets Hollywood, that's our uh, segment for today. The coronavirus outbreak, which was first identified in China in December, has had sweeping effects in the public health, business, and travel sectors. The repercussions for the entertainment industry may seem to pale in comparison to the clear threat the virus poses to human life. The ripple effects do have implications for the people around the world who make a living producing and distributing movies, live events, and more. The immense and lucrative Chinese film industry was almost immediately hit as movie theaters across the country were closed and major releases were delayed. Hollywood soon began to feel the effects too, and as time passes, the impact of the coronavirus on the global film and entertainment industries will certainly grow. Consequences of the outbreak on these industries could range from lowered attendance at film festivals and disruptions in film distribution to delayed or canceled movie releases and concert dates to curtailed on location film shoots. Financial ramifications will likely be felt by studios, filmmakers, theater owners, and more for months or maybe years. I feel like a lot of this is inflammatory language. Like, it's like, I mean, yes, so far the events that have been affected are South by Southwest, which has been canceled outright. Emerald City uh, Con has been postponed. Um, it was supposed to run from the 12th of March to the 16th. They haven't said when it's going to be yet. Um, and then Cannes has not yet said whether or not they, they're going to cancel or postpone. But they're keeping an eye on the situation. And now, I think with Italy being completely quarantined and France being like not too France isn't too far from Italy right I think they're they're right next to each other right um so movie delays and cancellations Mulan's Chinese release was delayed it was set to for a worldwide release on March 27th but on February 4th Disney has said that the film was unlikely to be released in China that day since theaters remain closed by order of the government uh no time to die on February 16th, MGM announced that it would cancel the Chinese premiere and publicity tour planned for the new James Bond movie, which was scheduled for April. But then on March 4th, the studio announced that they delayed the, the film's release until late November. Sonic the Hedgehog, um, basically their, the China re- release date has been like not confirmed now. Peter Rabbit 2, um, they're going to push back that which was supposed to be in, like, early March, late April, to August, which is, like, I think is going to be, like, a killer for that movie because it, at least if it came out in late March, early uh, April, <clears throat> you'd still get, like, the people who are like, oh, Easter, like, let's go for Easter. Mission Impossible, um, the production has been paused. On February 26th, Paramount Pictures announced that it had halted a planned three-week shoot in Venice, obviously, for, for the seventh... They're on the seventh one? I thought this last God one was going to be it. For some reason, I could have sworn that this last one was going to be the last one. Fucking stupid. That's what they get. Uh, the Amazing Race, the whole production had to be halted. Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune are going to be taping without a studio audience. Are they going to put... Are they going to dub in audience sounds would that be weirder like is that weirder to know that there's no <laughs> some things that i feel like we should ask ourselves and maybe try and answer um is this the furthest extent the virus will have on productions or box yes. office i think so too i don't i don't i think studios are over exaggerate right like just like the government and People, like regular people, when they go to the store and they're like, 
Let me buy all of your um, hand sanitizer. Now, I think I think what you're what you hear is give me a lot of, but I want all of your, and then give me all your toilet paper too. I shit a lot. I think that we just need to give it a little bit of time to let people kind of go through the motions and say like, "Hey, yeah, we've been living with this for a couple months now, and um, it hasn't got as worse as we thought." And it's like. Yeah, because that's what happens with a lot of these viruses that modern day medicine can fix. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it before, but this is more of like a respiratory thing. Mm, and it affects older people. Maybe. Yeah. And makes sense because, you know, their immune system isn't as strong as, you know, a kid or, or something like that. That makes that. sense. That's why they would t- stop taping in front of a live audience in front of Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. So... I think that it's it's just it's gonna happen, but I don't think that that we're gonna be like I don't think it's gonna be the writer strike where yeah. we're gonna we're waiting so long that pe- people are like well we have to move forward, and then you get like this weird thing and you're like why does this seem familiar but feels so weird and it's like oh because like we can have the actors film at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something dumb like that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't think we're, I really don't think we're going to get there. I just think that this, this needs to run its course. Things are going to get back to, back to normal. Yeah. And then they're going to say like, Oh, Hey thing that we were going to plan on doing. Like, it looks like we probably could. So instead of waiting for, you know, August, like maybe we could just push it till June or something. You know what I mean, um, but yeah, I don't think it's. I mean, we could be eating our words, and then three months from now, it's like, yeah. So thanks again, guys, for listening. Dom, I miss you. Sorry, the coronavirus caught you. Um, you know, R.I.P. Ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's so. Big so you would say that yeah, even though these are just precautions, right? That they they are going a little too far. I can understand canceling like the, like the tour, right? You go on like a a press tour, because it's like that makes some sense. Because like you never know who you're gonna come in contact with that, right? But I don't know. Just like I feel like it's like what um like other people have been saying. It's like like John Oliver was like, it's not so extreme where we need to basically do like Y2K where remember everyone was buying all this stuff, but like. Hey, maybe you should just take the precautions of just like washing your hands and, you know, covering your mouth when you cough. But I mean, I don't know. To me, I feel like there's there's way more to be worried about. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to sit here and say like, well, it's it's not a problem because, yeah, you're right. Like, who knows if X person were to get it and they go... And just happen to run into somebody, you know, maybe like their mom or their grandma or grandpa, and they're the ones who are affected by it. Sure. But I don't think that that's happening in large numbers like everyone thinks it is. No. I think maybe we think it's happening harder uh, than it is because of how big China is and how the outbreak grew out there. Well, and then they they didn't tell anybody that it was breaking out either. Yeah, it's like that old saying, um, knowing is half the battle. Yeah, but then also you have a bunch of idiots in in the White House, not to get too political, I guess, on this not political podcast. <laughs> but you have a bunch of bumbling idiots who are like, you know what, let's put in, you know who should be in charge of this? The guy who doesn't believe in science. That, that And uh, I was talking about that earlier, how there were people who were going out, like there was countries that were going out of their way Saying like, oh, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this in America. It's like, um, I don't know. We'll see if we can still do Coachella. And it's like, <laughs> it, it's not like people are, you know, they're, you know, they're they're working something out where it's like, oh, you know, pay. We're we're gonna cut all costs down for this or this test. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they said like just to get the test, it's like what a thousand bucks or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So, just to wrap it up, I. I I do know that there there is going to be an effect on oh, all yeah. this stuff. I don't believe it's going to be for that long. No, I think 
the box office. I think that's what they're really concerned about is box office. It's like because people can't go to the theater when they're sick. People go to the fucking theater all the time when they're sick. Yeah. But you, we literally just talked about how we were trying to figure out the certain time of days to go to movie yeah. theater. <laughs> so we didn't have to worry about people being bothered by us being sick. Yeah. So I mean people are gonna go no matter what. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I like I said, I think that it's just it's something that needs to run its course. Yeah. Um, people are gonna stay in their houses for who knows how long with like two thousand dollars worth of hand sanitizer and ten thousand dollars worth of toilet paper just to realize like oh you, you know what guys it wasn't I mean it was, it's kind of a big deal but all you have to do is just you know don't be super dirty all the time you're good and, and then once that runs its course they'll be like okay we can live we can live life again but I think we'll we'll try to cut out the fear mongering and we'll just say thank you guys for listening. Yes, thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. If you would like to help us out and subscribe to our podcast on any streaming apps, uh, we're on you know Spotify, we're on Apple's uh, whatever it's called. I can't never remember. Um, <laughs> pretty much anything. We're even on. YouTube, everything that we do, as soon as it goes live, does get loaded or straight to YouTube. So please follow us. We'll have a link in our descriptions of the show. Mm. So check it out. Uh, or you can follow us on our socials. That's INTB underscore podcast. And that's Instagram and Twitter. Or you can email us directly at intbpodcast at gmail.com and let us know. Do you have the coronavirus? Yeah. Do you? Like, let us know. Um, yeah, are you old? Does that mean you're going to die soon? Or did, have you seen Midnight Special? Do you like it? Did you hate it too because they didn't explain enough to you? Yeah. Um, are you also terrified of Michael Shannon? Yeah, I, I mean, I am. He hates people who are gay and he hates people who have sex with fish. That's what I assume because I watched um, The Shape of Water. Yeah, so you get it. Uh, I am not okay with this. You know, do do you know about that? Do you have a certain feeling about that? You know, whatever it is, just let us know. You can email us. You can DM us. You can tag us. Whatever it is, we're down. Always. Yeah, we're down the clown. Yeah, wicked clowns. Whoop whoop. Until then, guys. As always, remember, it's not that bad. It's not.